The following podcast is brought to you by WRGW District Radio. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jonaki. And this is Food for Talk, a podcast series that brings together people, stories, and food. Every episode, we feature guests with amazing stories and ask our guests to pick a meal that we can prepare and enjoy together. Today's episode is on Food is Anywhere But Home. Food is not only a good way to venture out of your comfort zone while traveling, but also a way to find comfort in times of discomfort. So in this episode, we talk with people who don't follow these conventions and hear about their experiences while traveling or living abroad and how food played a comforting or discomforting role. So the inspiration for this episode actually came from John McKee and I's experience backpacking through Thailand and China, where food was basically the one thing that we always planned our days around, especially in Thailand, a country that's known for its street food. Even when we first got to Thailand, the first thing that we did was hit up a curry shack down the street from our hostel. And for anyone that's traveling to Bangkok in the future, make sure you check out Jang Noodles in the Khao San District. Awesome Masman curry. Mm-hmm. And even as we traveled through the country, north to south, like one of my favorite things that we did was basically spend hours at the local street markets. So whether that was in Chiang Mai, Pai, or Bangkok. Yeah, so what was your favorite memory related to food when we were abroad, John? That's, that's a good one. So I think definitely our Khao Soi escapade with Nate. So for our listeners who don't know, basically cow soy it's is the greatest thing you'll ever eat. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It's definitely that. But basically it's a coconut milk based noodle dish that's native to northern Thailand and has a lot of basically spices, Thai chilies, onions, and it can have different meats too. So I had never really seen cow soy on a menu in the US um, and I had read all about it before going. So I told Sarah, like, this is the one thing that we cannot leave Thailand without trying or eating. Good call. And so basically when we got to Chiang Mai, um, we did not do anything besides eating. And we go to the night market every night for our dinner. And there was one stall that became our go-to for cow soy. And we literally called the lady who ran it our cow soy lady. So that's how much we got into it. Um, and it was so amazing. So then naturally we were like, okay, we gotta like locate the best cow soy place around, right? So we did our research as good foodies do. And um, we were just hanging out in the hostel lobby because we were ready to like go to this cow soy place. And then this guy, Nate, just started talking to us. And basically we ended up taking him with us to go get the cow soy and have like an amazing time just getting to know like this random guy. He was also American um, and just trying this new food together. Yeah, we were such like lazy backpackers by that point yeah, in time. Yeah, like I remember like <laughs> the lady at the hostel telling us like, "Oh, are you guys gonna leave the hostel today?" <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, not. <laughs> exactly. maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then we parted ways with Nate after leaving Chiang Mai, and so to bring this story back full circle, when I was in Argentina this past spring, Nate ended up connecting with me on Instagram and asked me for advice about traveling in Latin America because he wanted to plan a trip soon. Um, and it turned out we both were going to be in Peru at the exact same time. And so we actually ended up meeting up again and did sightseeing together. Yeah, I remember like when you sent me that selfie of you and Nate in Peru, you didn't even like no context. No context. You just <laughs> sent it to me and I was like, oh my God, no way. That's so crazy that like, you're seeing him like a full year later. Right? Like who would have ever thought? Like I didn't think I was going to meet this guy in a hostel and then be like, okay, like let's catch up, you know? So that was amazing. And I feel like that is like only one of these super cool stories that we have of how we ended up meeting people over food like through this trip yeah for sure but, like what about you what was your favorite like food memory okay so my favorite by far has to be i think we were also in chiang mai and it's when i forced you to eat a scorpion because oh, the so first time that i had gone to bangkok i had done the same thing where i like yeah. literally ate one of the scorpions that they go around like feeding you on a stick <laughs> and so i was like jonaki you gotta try it like it'll be the, like the weirdest thing that you'll ever do but you have to do it just like to be able to say that i just ate a scorpion it, yeah. right and so i remember like we went over to the guy that was selling them and there was a girl next to you right who also wanted to like yeah and I was like I'm not doing this alone so you better do this with me I, I dragged two random tourists also I was like you're gonna eat the scorpion with me yeah so you guys all like I remember you took your scorpions 
on a stick and you're like, cheers. And like, we all like went in for it and ate it. But yeah, that's, that definitely has to be my favorite memory. Awesome. Sure. Yeah, no, that was definitely like the peak doing stuff outside of my comfort zone moment, I feel like, because I'm not the kind of person who's like, yeah, like, let's go eat some bugs. Like, that's not me. <laughs> but, um, but I'm so glad I did it. You definitely, you doing it definitely made me want to do it more. Um, but yeah, I think it's like definitely little things like that that make any experience in a new place just like very real, you know? Um, and that's like whether it's for like a trip or like. I'm um, so with that. We'd actually like to introduce the guests that we have on the yeah, show absolutely. today. So we have our friends Alona Deush and uh, Mahalia Smith. They're with us here today because they're super cool gals who have incredibly unique anywhere but home experiences, and also because it's those experiences that actually got us to meet them. Um, so Mahalia here uh, studied abroad in Buenos Aires, Shanghai, and Tanzania. And Jonaki and I actually met you for the first time <laughs> in China when we were visiting a mutual friend, Brooke. Um, and yeah, we had no idea that we would both end up in Buenos Aires a year later, so that worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so funny. Um, and then Ilona, you're from Haiti, and you've lived there, and you were actually born there. Um, but we uh, met here because you go to school at GW, obviously, and you're doing your undergrad here. Um, but Mahalia and Ilona both have incredible things to share about being anywhere but home. So um, we're really excited to hear what they have to say. Yeah, so with that, can you both tell us what you picked for us to cook today, which we are currently eating? Um, and kind of like why you chose those and like a background of them. So Ilona, if you want to start, go for it. Sure. So I picked a traditional Haitian dish, which is um, rice with a mushroom called jonjon. So we call it juri jonjon. Oh, that's awesome. And it's um, basically like the black truffle of Haiti. Basically, it's like a delicacy. We have it on special occasions, whether it's like Christmas or birthday or anything, like any social gathering. Um, I love it. That's why I picked it. <laughs> and um, that, yeah, rice is like a really big part of food in Haiti. You eat rice, but basically, dinner, lunch, okay, every day, yeah. Okay. So we, we cook it a lot of different ways. So this is clearly like one a very specific example of how, how you can cook rice in so many different ways yeah, absolutely. Um, and add so much flavor to it. So yeah, that's why I picked that dish and I'm so happy everyone loves it. Yeah, it's, so, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's very successful. It was a hit. Yeah, and just for our listeners, this is Alona's first time making it. <laughs> yeah, she was very brave. For her first time making it, it's so good. No, it's, it was like such a coincidence because Jonike ran into me um, at GW. Class, yeah. yeah, and she was like, oh, I started a food podcast. Do you want to be on my food podcast? I was like, oh, sure. Do you want to have Haitian food? She was like, perfect. Because I was at Thanksgiving literally last week, a couple weeks ago, and my aunt made that for our Thanksgiving dinner, a little Haitian touch to oh, Thanksgiving. Nice. And I was like, I miss this so much when I'm in DC. Like, I, can I please have some of the mushroom? Because you can't find it here. Oh, it's not in the US. No, okay. you only find it in Haiti. So every time my aunt travels back and forth, she brings it, she brings it with her. And it's grown in Haiti? Is it's that grown why you can in only Haiti. find it in Yeah, Haiti? yeah, it's grown in Haiti. Like, awesome. if you Google it, you'll see it's like, oh, northern region of Haiti. Okay, okay. So, yeah, and it turned out perfectly. I'm glad I got to share this experience with you. And Mahalia, what about these empanadas? <laughs> um, so yeah, today we decided on cebolla and queso mm -hmm. empanadas. So that's just your traditional um, cheese and onion. We did a little bit of a caramelization. Yes, sort we of. did. <laughs> um, and I, I chose these because I feel like South American cuisine wouldn't be anything without empanadas. Especially in Buenos Aires, we really experience like every street corner is like a mm -hmm. different empanada place and a different, you know, type or style of empanada to try. They take their empanadas so seriously. I don't know if you knew this, but seriously. I was talking to one of our, well, you know, there you just have to make conversations with all the taxi drivers, right? So mm -hmm. naturally I was doing that. And 
he was telling me that every province has its own filling for each empanada, which I didn't know, and I was so surprised because you can imagine how many there would be them. Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So are yeah. these like specific to so the onion and cheese? Is that specific to Buenos Aires, or is that just? They do. Yeah, I, the ones that I saw there are most like common in queso, which is like ham and cheese, um, chicken, like just chicken empanadas, okay. uh, and then cebolla queso, which we're having, and then okay. the um, choclo, which is like corn, corn yeah. cebolla queso. Yeah, cool. Well, technically we did that too. Yeah, we did that too. <laughs> we have, um, for our listeners, we have half that are onion and cheese, and then the other half are corn onion and cheese. So, okay. mixing it up a bit. <laughs> I can't wait to try the corn onion yes. and cheese. Yeah. So, I actually want to start off by talking about food as a form of comfort. So, can you guys each tell us about what you do when you're away from home, missing either home cooked food or just food that reminds you of home? So I always start off my day with a cup of Haitian coffee, nice. which is the best coffee in the world. <laughs> I remember you I, made me some once, and it was so good. Yes, I need to bring, I'm, next time I come here, I will for sure have you guys try it. But um, So I do that because it just reminds me of like waking up at home, the smell of fresh coffee every day. Mm. Um, and in terms of food, uh, rice, of course, reminds me a lot of home. I don't eat it as much, but it's something that I tend to crave a lot when I'm away from home. So, yeah, I try to like have white rice. Not as fun, but <laughs> I tried. I tried making rice and beans once, and it just does not taste the same because it's like the ingredients are different. You know, even if it's beans, but the way that it's prepared and the spices that go into it and all of that is really hard to replicate here. So, yeah, of course. yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like I don't have a specific comfort food. But maybe mac and cheese. The mac and cheese is a good one. That's a solid yeah. one. Is that a bit like I don't know? Is that a big thing? You're from Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yes. Southern comfort, kind yeah. of. Yeah. I don't know. My grandma used to. My grandma <laughs> used to make um kind of like a corn casserole and mac and cheese thing for Thanksgiving. Ooh. So that was a nice. Um. So like, I, yeah. I know. Like when I got um to college, like I had a lot of like rough time missing good home cooked like Indian food and also little things like Wawa. You know Wawa's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wawa's. <laughs> is that, what is that, like a northeastern thing? Yeah, they have it in Florida too, though. So it's kind of oh, like eastern seaboard okay, okay. situation. Yeah, well, I just loved my reliable Wawa. And bagels, because I, from Jersey, believe that bagels are superior from that state. So, okay. <laughs> Sarah doesn't really believe Yeah, that's up for debate. Bread is another one for me, a big one. Like, if I'm stressed or I just want something, like, comforting, I will always have bread and peanut butter. Mm. I also bring in my Haitian peanut butter. Is it I just Sorry? Like Haitian peanut butter is different than like... Yes, so the peanuts are a lot smaller. Okay. Oh, I should have brought all of these things. <laughs> I will definitely bring it next time. Like, it's so good. So I always have like bread and peanut butter. So wait, when like when you go home, do you bring all this stuff back with you? Yes, okay. I do. Okay. So, so you, you like have to up. think about those extra pounds that <laughs> yeah. are for food because essentials, you know. And have you tried making Haitian food here in the U.S.? Like ever since you came for college, have you tried? The only thing I've really tried to make is the rice and beans. But okay. it just... It's hard and it takes a long time. Like I'm sure, I'm sure. it takes so long to cook, so it's kind of like you have to have time on your hands. DC doesn't have a big uh, Haitian community, whereas if you go to New York or Boston, you can find Haitian food at any corner of the street. Even so, Boston? my friends, yes. Oh, that's so surprising. My friends who study in Boston, they're constantly sending me pictures of like Haitian food. I'm like, okay, please don't do that. <laughs> How about you, Haley? When you were abroad, like, did you ever have the opportunity to like cook? Whether it was like food from back home or just like generally. Mm, yes and no. Yeah. I feel like all depending on whether you're staying with a host family or not yeah. and what they would let you do. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like in Shanghai, it was pretty easy 
to waltz over to Walmart um, <laughs> and get whatever you needed. Um, we had like a little kitchen in our own uh, apartment, but it was also hard to do with like hectic schedules and like trying yeah, to. Sure, sure. Is I it, don't know. Is it hard to find like American food in Shanghai? No, I think it's. I mean, I would honestly say it might be easier. Really. For a foreigner to find American food or Western food than like traditional local cuisine. Oh, interesting. But it's really expensive. Or like uh, yeah. really expensive in comparison to Yeah, when I studied abroad cuisine. in Milan, the five there's one five guys in <laughs> all of Italy. Yes. That's shocking. But the burgers were like twelve dollars. What? Twelve euros. Euros, not oh. even dollars. So it was like I never went because I'm like, wow, obviously like I have this for five dollars at back home. But that's crazy. Yeah. Twelve euros. That's oh, yeah, insane. Yeah. And the okay. line was always super long. It's crazy. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. Also, Haley, I don't know if you noticed, but I when I was in Buenos Aires was just craving mac and cheese, and they didn't sell it anywhere. Well, like kind of related to that. So you're a vegetarian, right, Mahalia? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us about like how that was living in China, living in Tanzania, and Buenos Aires. Because I'm also a vegetarian. So when mm -hmm. I went to China, I basically just ate like <laughs> rice and boiled cabbage like, exclusively. <laughs> yeah, quite a time. Yeah, I had like a bit of a struggle with that. But like, tell us about that, like living there for an extensive amount of time, not for that, all three of those places, not just Shanghai. Yeah, I mean, in Shanghai, it's always a uh, kind of like a toss up. Yeah. Whatever you're eating, I feel like could j just have meat. <laughs> in it and you would never know because yeah. no one will tell you um but yeah just to go around it like you said like ramen rice mm. every day yeah, <laughs> which is kind of tiring but how was it communicating to people that you were ordering because i don't know we were there we were trying to say vegetarian vegetarian that wasn't what was what was what, did I, what I was, was it mayo rose yes. that was no, no meat, meat. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah that was literally it and then i don't know in tanzania i was actually really surprised by how easy it was to be vegetarian but, really okay yeah i feel like the when people think of it it's it's not what it actually is like when i got there it was there were so many fresh vegetables um just like to do i guess in kind of like a slow cooker style vegetable dish and then you have your carb like noodles or rice um and ugali which was interesting which, which was um literally just flour but in tanzania there was there were like 10 different kinds of flowers, so it was like ugali flour. And you put it in a big pot and just add water and stir for hours. We make that in Haiti too, yeah. and you add it to like soups and stuff. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah what does it do? Like, what is it when you add it to soup? Like, It's it's kind of like, I don't know how it is in Tanzania, but mm -hmm. it's kind of like, uh, I can't really think of the texture. Think of like, um, like porridge? It no, it's, it's thick. It has like a mushy texture to it, so it's kind of it like doesn't taste like anything. It's just the t yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just the texture is like yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Argentina empanadas, mm -hmm. classic. Yeah, and I then, felt like I was basically a vegetarian in Argentina yeah. because they're very big on their meat. Me, um, meat like their what was what's the outdoor cooking and it's like escaping my mind. Um, oh, asado. Asado. Yeah, asado. Yeah, there the asado. Asado. yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow, we're the worst. Yes. How could you forget that? The um, classic asado. <laughs> yeah, and like, like I just remember like them being like big chunks of meat, and like yeah. the steak was such a big thing. So I was basically like a vegetarian, and chorizo is also really big there. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely, you know, slipped up a bit and tried that though. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mama. Oh, I didn't try mama. No, you no tried way. it. I did. I broke my. That was my one like in the past six years. That you purposeful. Wow. Yeah. You broke the vegetarianism. Oh my gosh. Super salty.
like there was a place that you were like basically you stuck out like a sore thumb so like for me i definitely felt like a bit out of place in china and i know a couple of the girls that we were with also said the same because just like how you look like how you talk it's definitely like definitely very different than everyone around them and oddly enough like i thought i would actually blend in in argentina because a lot of people often mistake me for like being latina or like hispanic so I'm like oh like, i'll be fine <laughs> but then i got there and everyone basically looks european which i was mm -hmm. so surprised like i didn't know that um so yeah like have you guys ever felt like i totally do not belong here like or i stick out a bit i have not you have this experience honestly yeah no. like in the u.s i think it's more like culture shock like the way basic things like the way we say hi like in Haiti you kiss on the cheeks when yes. you, even if you don't know the person it's like you introduce yourself you check on, kiss on the cheeks here it's like very awkwardly give me my <laughs> give me my personal space That's I didn't but thing I remember about you though yeah I but it's for me it was like so weird I would like go in to say hi and people were like whoa 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 what are you doing and I'm like oops hi I guess I don't know <laughs> but obviously these are things that you learn as you go but I don't think like I've felt like I didn't belong I just had to like learn to adapt mm -hmm. and you know like realize that the culture is really different from where than from where I am. So yeah, that was kind of like the discomfort for me, mm -hmm. I guess. Tanzania was really interesting just because there not that many people go abroad there anyways or just like generally sub Saharan Africa. So I think our whole group really stuck out. Mm -hmm. Uh stuck out like a big sore thumb. Um <laughs> but it was it was them. nice. Like we established really cool relationships with different people and like locals like um, I had to find translators for my big final project and so that was a nice like bridge the gap I guess yeah, um, cool. and I feel like in Shanghai Shanghai was actually probably the most interesting just because it I've never felt like like in the US I feel like always kind of like the mine not the minority but like a right. part of a minority and then China for the first time I felt like I was part of the majority oh, which is so interesting but also still an outsider because I identify more as an American than I do with like my Asian Chinese Vietnamese heritage so it was really interesting going around and um, I visited the I visited my orphanage where I was first taken to before I was adopted um, and even around that area I felt like no one really like resembled me mm -hmm. so yeah I don't know that must have been so cool for you to almost um, go back. Had you gone to China before Shanghai, by the way? No. It was. It totally blew my mind, though. It was. I mean, I tried to not go in with any expectations before, regardless. But like, I was totally blown by how different it was once we got there. Just like the juxtaposition of like rural and then these huge skyscrapers or just like crazy buildings and then also just like being surrounded by I don't know people that looked like me but I still couldn't identify, couldn't identify with. Them, yeah. Yeah. yeah well just to like kind of bring this conversation back to food so for like each of you so for Lona Haiti and then Mahalia all the places that you studied at like can you talk a bit about how food was like central to that culture and like what kind of activities and like what times of year really center around food? Like, so for example, I'm Middle Eastern, right? And so obviously around holidays, like food is a big thing, but even like family dinners for me were also mm -hmm. like a huge deal. And it was like the one thing that was like mandatory. Like every day you had a family dinner and like Same. that like idea of like coming together around food was just so mm -hmm. central to our, like our culture. Did you guys experience similar things being from Haiti and like the different places that you, you've lived? Me definitely, uh, very similar to you, Sarah, at my house every night we have dinner together as a family it's like you can't miss it mm. 
Um, and it's kind of that time of the day when we talk about our days and catch up and, you know, tell stories and, and Haiti table manners are very important. So it's that time of the day where my dad would be like, careful with your, your shoulder on the table or <laughs> why is your hand touching the things like that? So, um, yeah. Uh, so etiquette was like a big thing, like at the table. Yeah. Etiquette is a really big thing. Yeah. And, um, we come, yeah. And like the entire family, like extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, every Sunday we meet up. So yeah, for sure. When you came here to the States for school, like, did you miss that like aspect of like having like maybe not alone, but like not having dinner with your family every day? I did miss it a lot. And I got lucky to have like, um, some, a lot of Haitian friends. Oh, nice. So I would, we would do like taco Tuesdays together yeah, and fun. things like mm -hmm. that. Like it's not Haitian food, but at least it's the idea of coming together and having food together. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. How about you, Mahalia? Hmm, uh, I feel like what we're talking about with the asados mm -hmm. before that was really really and that was a really interesting aspect of Argentine culture to me because we would just I guess meet random locals yeah. and then they would invite us to come to a huge asado and Do you want to describe what an asado is just <laughs> oh, yeah. for our listeners? Um, I got well I don't I still don't even know because <laughs> it was such a big all-encompassing kind of event but I guess your classic asado would be um, like having all your friends, maybe random friends, new friends, just general group of people um, that come together and grill, yeah. basically, just like as a barbecue. A, yeah, yeah like a big barbecue. barbecue. We were really brought together by asados, especially with um, Argentine locals, which is nice because it was really hard to branch out, I feel like, into the mm. more like local crowd sometimes. Um, so yeah, when we would meet people out and about, they would just sometimes invite us and we had some, I feel like we had some of our greatest memories That's over awesome. cooking meat. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. That you didn't even yeah, eat. Yeah, I That's didn't so even eat it, yeah. <laughs> but wait, where where do they do these asados? Is it like it's at like outside someone's side or do you have a special or? grill? Like for yes, okay. yeah, definitely. But so. it's, is it at like a, lo a, a private home or is it like, yeah, more like on, on a street? Okay. No, yeah, at home yeah, yeah okay. definitely. Um, and then, of course, like, we were at hostels, and we see the hostels would always use mm -hmm. us, too. Oh, so I remember, sweet. like, um, I would definitely read Mahalia, like, it was a time where you just, like, came together, basically. I didn't even think yeah. about it, like, that until you said it. Mm -hmm. But um, I had, I think my first one, actually, was when I went with a group of friends um, to a little town right outside of Buenos Aires. Um, and we just, like, told our hostel, and we're like, you know, we kind of want to do an asado, like, where can we go, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, like, I'll do one for you. We're like, okay. <laughs> he was like, yeah, don't worry, like, you can come to my place, like, we'll do one after... I was like, okay, this so is it just we, like you. Four, I was like, I was like should we be suspicious of this or is this <laughs> fine? Um, so no, so what he did was he told like a couple of people are staying at the hostel. So it was a Dutch couple. It was the four of us, um, and then his buddies. He just invited his buddies. Oh, cute. And so he took us to his little like property That's that he so has like funny. a little ways out of the hostel. <laughs> And he has his own wine that he was making, so we had that. Mm -hmm. And wow. um, the asado, and he, he was so nice. I remember I was like, yeah, I don't really eat like beef or pork. It's not fine. He's like, I'll get you a chicken. Don't worry. So he gets me like half the chicken. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and all this other meat just throws it on the grill. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so the thing about food. I feel like in at least in Haiti or like a lot of cultures in Europe, like I studied abroad in Milan, food you do not negotiate the time that you spend with your friends to eating your food mm -hmm. you know like you really enjoy it you sit down and you have your glass of wine and you enjoy your glass of wine and then you sit down and you have your coffee and you <laughs> do not rush because you need to go back to work you finish your coffee and then you do what you have to do so it's like 
it's very interesting the like mm -hmm. pace of things and for that sure. was something also when i got to the u.s that was very different for me like all the like go 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 grab your salad and go to class yeah. fast <laughs> and, like Seriously. what am i gonna eat like i don't know it's so different no, that's such a that's such a good point because yeah. i've never really thought of it as like here in the u.s where we're like so go 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 yeah, and even yeah. that like culture of like fast, fast food, food yeah right feeds right into that I and the fact that, yeah the fact that like at least, so, I'm from Egypt, so, like, the fact that all the fast food chains that you see in Egypt are, like, basically Western food mm -hmm. chains, right? So, like, you won't find, like, a Middle Eastern, typically, you won't find, like, Because it's not meant oh, to be there. Exactly. It, it was, it was so funny. I'll never forget that. I was doing a group project once with four Italian girls, mm -hmm. and one of them had just bought, like, a slice of pizza. And she was like, oh, I have to go, I have to meet a professor. You can have my slice of pizza. And I was like, but you didn't even eat it. She was like, yeah, but when am I going to eat it? I was like... I don't know, like, you can eat it while you're walking. I don't know, just eat your pizza. She was like, no, 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 I can't do that. That's just weird. So it's just, like, so different, you know? Like, yeah, I, you see true. people eating their sandwiches as they go. For, for Italians, it was like, no, you can't do that. That's, okay, so another question for you both. What's the best country with the best food that you've been to? It's a hard one, because you both have been all over, Ooh. so. <laughs> Honestly? Haiti. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for me, the thing that I love about Haitian food is like how fresh the ingredients are. Like we were saying in Tanzania, like mm -hmm. the vegetables, you stop on the side of the street and you like yeah. get to pick your vegetables and your fruits. Mm -hmm. Like the fruits in Haiti, I can't describe how good they are. Like you don't know how good a mango tastes <laughs> until you have a Haitian mango. An avocado. Oh, this is. A <laughs> yeah, mango is a point of tension. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, so we have a, we have a blacklist of conversations that should never be brought up again, and we got into a very heated debate about it. In a China, mango. actually, in mm. Shanghai, we got into a very heated debate about a mango, so it's been blacklisted. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, so fruits, vegetables, all of that. Um, um, so yeah, that's something I love so much about Haiti. I feel like it's so easy to be healthy without even trying hard, just mm. because like. Everything is like organic quality, without right? having, yeah. yeah, without needing to be like, yeah, organic. without being like aware that you're buying organic right, or not. Right. So definitely, but Italian food also, wow, sure. yeah, like it's not overrated. I can tell you that, like the food there is amazing. I ate so well all the time. So yeah, <laughs> definitely these two. I would say That's I definitely awesome. relate to the fresh food thing because every time I go back to India, like I just love the experience of. Like, I remember I go with my, my great aunt, like, you go to the market and you just you tell the guy selling what you want, he weighs it for you, like, it's mm. just in these little baskets out in the open, and you get it so fresh. And, like, my, like, weakness is just getting, like, fresh coconut water on the side oh, of the road. Like, yes. you just pull over to the guy, he'll chop it open <laughs> for you, and you're good to go. So, like, the, rice, the rice that I just made, sometimes people use, like, fresh coconut water and coconut and chop off, like, the coconut mm. skin. The skin, yeah, like the flesh it, on the, the inside. Yeah, yeah. and add it in oh, it. Wow. So, we do a lot of things with coconuts, too. Wow, that's awesome. I feel like I have to kind of go off of you and say that for fresh, for fresh produce, that kind of thing, Tanzania was hands down the best it was amazing yes. like i've never seen juicier avocados wow. are you serious yeah it's 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 yeah okay, so i would surprising. never guess. i would never guess but yeah so do you guys have any memories in general like people that you like you made friends with over food or you know, very, like, i have a bunch yeah. of stories <laughs> no, no i have a very recent experience which was the craziest thing that ever happened here. here it was here in dc okay. um vapiano yeah, yeah. You know it? so basically my friends and i wanted to go to dinner but 
I have dinner very late personally. And um, the place that we went to, I think it was like 10 p.m. and the kitchen was closed. So we're like, okay, if our piano it is, like it's gonna be open. And we get there and there was a table of guys sitting next to us and somehow we all started talking and they were Greek. So obviously they were also having very late dinner because that, that's part <laughs> of their culture too. And we just started talking and having fun and turns out that one of the guys that was on that table had interviewed my friend for the current internship that she was oh about my to goodness. start. Are wow. you serious? Which was insane. And I think he found out because she was talking about herself and like what she did over the summer and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, is your name X? And she was like, yeah, how do you know? And he was like, oh, we're going to be working together on Monday. I interviewed you. <laughs> I, I basically hired you. <laughs> Wait, she hasn't started her internship? Oh, she started it now. Oh, okay. But this was like before but she started, before she a started. week before she started. And this all happened at Papiano. <laughs> oh, and goodness. now we're still all in touch. Like, oh, that's are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> we st we're in touch. And like, I, I've seen them a couple times after that out in D.C. or just like run into them randomly. It's crazy. That's amazing. Um, and was there ever like a dish that you guys made yourself try? Like for me, definitely the scorpion. But like... Anything that you went that you were like, I don't know, I feel this. Mahal, you mentioned the llama. I guess yeah, that definitely goes sure. on that list. But is there anything else? Yeah, but like, what's the, basically, like, what's the weirdest thing? Yeah, what's the weirdest thing? Let's be very blunt. I don't know how you say that word in English. Describe, um, describe. It's a, it's a seafood. Scout. No, no, no. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, and you know if you go in the ocean, you can step on it. It has like, sea urchin. Oh, sea urchin. Sea urchin, yeah. Oh. That was, uh, have you guys ever had that? No, I yeah. never had years ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I had it in, in Italy. They make it with their pasta. It's really good. But I always thought it was so weird because as a kid, I was so afraid of them. Because if you're walking like on the sand, you can easily like step yeah, in. Yeah. If the... The, the spot, the spine. Yeah. This, if it the goes, it can go into your skin and like <laughs> it hurts so bad. Oh, I'm sure, it looks so sharp. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've gone. Oh, you have you? Oh actually? yeah, everyone steps on them. It's like a thing. They're everywhere, so you always have to be careful and look out for them. So when they told me like, oh, do you want to eat a sea urchin? I was like, uh, no, that's very weird to me. <laughs> but bad memories. I I tried it. Oh, you did. And I didn't really love it. The texture is very weird. It tastes like the ocean <laughs> to me it tastes like that's how i feel about our scorpions dude. <laughs> yeah um well I, this really wraps up our show yeah um we just want to thank you guys so much for coming it's been so cool to hear about all your experiences and thank to share you. ours as well thank you for sharing fun. oh yeah we're glad you guys us. had a good time um but before we wrap things up we love asking our guests the final question, so do you want to yes. go for it? Yes, so for both of you, if you had a friend visiting D.C. for only a few hours and you could only bring them to one place nearby, where would you bring them? Oh my gosh. Well, that's, one, that's one place to eat. Yeah, to yeah. Eat. I have so many. I knew no. this would be hard for me. And I think that, that I love, I think, like yesterday someone asked me, where should I go? I'm in D.C. for the weekend. Give me a few restaurants. Right, I sent him a list of maybe 15 places. So it's going to be hard. But one that I love is Maiden. I love Barcelona for the vibe. Barcelona Fine. wine bar. It's like a tapas, obviously Barcelona. Tapas type. And if you go on Friday nights, like there's always good music and the, the yeah. bar is fun. I love that place too if you're there on a Friday. Yeah, I mean, Barcelona is definitely amazing for the vibe, for the sure. Vibe I mean, I love great. our food too. Mm -hmm. I also really love just like a very simple, casual one that I always take people to that come to visit is... Um, 
oh gosh, I don't know the exact name, but it's the little Flawful paste in Georgetown. Flawful ink. Flawful That's ink. That's my go-to. Go-to. Yeah. Wow. Go-to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's like $3, it's $4. So and yeah. It's and so don't they good. Um, donate proceeds So as well? part of their proceeds go to, um, like, the refugee cause. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Syrian refugee cause, which is super, super cool. Yeah. All right, thanks so much, guys. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for so having much. Us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Food for Talks. This is Jess, Jillian, Olivia, and Emily. We're the producers of WRGW Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check out more or submit an idea at gwradio.com slash podcast.